Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series, one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we will be discussing spoilers for this episode and all previous episodes. I'm Harrison, and I too would like to avoid going to Rack's Den. I'd rather stay home and eat potato chips. And getting into a shirt fight with a large man with fire fists, I'm Jason. Uh, Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Oh, we are watching Buffy Season 6, Episode 21, the penultimate of the season, Two to Go. Hey, counting this, we have two episodes to go. Yeah! Um, This is the one where Buffy and company attempt to stop Willow's uh, Roaring Rampage of Revenge. She is specifically targeting the titular two to go, Andrew and Jonathan. Or as uh, Anya called them, Jonathan and What's-His-Face. That little bitch. <laughs> Villains uh, was... Or no, two, two to go. Sorry, Excuse I, me. I didn't update the script. Yeah. Two to go was written by Douglas Petrie and was directed by Bill L. Norton and originally aired on May 21st, 2002. Is that correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Hit it. All right. Jason. Yeah. We're drinking wine. Yeah. The same wine we drank last last time. We had a little bit left over, so we're finishing off that bottle tonight. Um Oh gosh, I didn't think of a toast. Um, my goodness, I'm so unprepared. Uh, this is unprofessional. So. <laughs> well, we're not getting paid, so. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur hour, jeez. How many um, episodes have we been doing this? <laughs> <laughs> um, here is a toast to the return of Tony Head. Yeah. Heck yeah. Giles is back, baby. We told you, spoils for the episode. Ah, yum. Just as good as the last time. Um, yeah, so... I'm gonna do something slightly unorthodox, but I... Not that unorthodox, it's not gonna be weird. But I'm just gonna get the Spike stuff out of the way. Here no, that the top. makes sense. It is so isolated from everything else. Yeah. So, over in generic African cave, um, <laughs> ugh, yikes, um, Spike is set to do his test um, so that he can get the thing he wants. Uh, the first test that he has to do is fight uh, the mountain, essentially, <laughs> like this huge jacked guy. And it's really funny because Spike is, you know, he's shirtless and like, James Marsters is pretty fucking jacked. Yeah. But this guy is like jacked. This, this is, guy is no, like no, Thor is, next to Captain America. No, no, this is like James Marsters is Hollywood jacked. Yeah. Um, this guy is actual bodybuilder jacked. Yeah, he's fucking huge. So um this like is, we're talking cosmetic versus functional. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Spike's like, ah, I guess this is your typical fight to the death. Cool. Got it. Love that for me. 
Uh, and then this guy just like pounds his fists together and they burst into flames. Which is pretty fucking metal. Yeah. Like, um, we, the next time we cut back to this scene, though, um, Spike has been taking some hits. He's gotten, he's got scorch marks all over his body. Uh, but he does successfully take down, uh, I don't get litigious Marvel, but he takes down Fire Fist and uh, snaps his neck. And that's Spike for the episode. Yep, and a, this is his first test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's funny that he seemed surprised by that. I was like, really? You thought fighting one dude with fire hands is going to be the only test? Yeah, that's a... Uh, it honestly seems like a rookie move on his part. Right? Girl, you messy. <laughs> uh, over in Sunnydale, though... Um, we... Generic California town. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, any sim- similarities to Santa Barbara are coincidental and very much on purpose. Yeah, they, <laughs> they have that at the end, at the yeah. end credits of every episode. You know what? It is one of my favorite things, though, when we're like, why would we... Why would Sunnydale have an airport, a college, etc., etc.? And then we look up Santa Barbara... Which, for listeners who aren't aware, Santa Barbara is kind of what Buffy or what Sunnydale was modeled on loosely by the writers, and it always has like those things, and we're like, well, fuck, like. Um, but uh, we pick up more or less where we left off, um, following Willow's murder of Warren, Buffy, Anya, and Xander are running through the woods, um. Xander is like about to throw up, um, and Anya says again. <laughs> I, um, I I love that they take this moment though because yeah. that is like, as we mentioned in the episode villains, that is probably the most gruesome death that's mm-hmm. ever happened on Buffy, and I like the fact that you know, if they just like if they just show them like unfazed running through the woods and stuff. I probably wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah. But um, I probably would have made some smart-ass remark. Or I would have been like, yeah, I would have been like on the ground, just like, curled up in the fetal position. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that like um, Xander has this reaction. Really the, visceral. Vi- visceral reaction, very human. And also a very subtly worked into his story mm-hmm. his arc in these three episodes yeah. um counting next episode as well i also really his like feeling of helplessness yeah i love the way too that we are seeing the different levels of togetherness put togetherness i guess uh xander's like clearly the most shaken and the most like you know he's been sick and he feels like he's gonna be sick again will buffy's kind of on, at the same place but, like, she has more willpower to push through it. Um, and she's also seen a lot more exactly. of stuff than Xander has. Maybe not that in particular, but... Yeah, but she's been in much more violent situations mm-hmm. than Xander has. So she she has a better capacity to compartmentalize. And Anya's like, well, I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> Anya's the least phased of the three. Um... But it makes sense for all three characters. I, I also think this is a good um, 
it could really have been easy for Xander and for and particularly for Anya to have gotten lost in the shuffle um, of this episode um, and been, just been given really generic supporting roles. It's happened before. It has happened before. Throughout this season, this season in fact. <laughs> but I thought, I, I thought this episode, this scene, and then, you know, the later scene in the magic box did a really great job of checking in on their arc and where they are individually and as an ex-couple um, in a way that felt organic and not distracting from the bigger picture yeah. um, of the episode. I thought it was just really smoothly it, it, I, what the episode really does is allows their anxieties about this specific situation bubble into their general anxieties in a way that I thought was really well handled yeah um so they determine that based on her last comment one down that they uh she is going after Jonathan and Andrew um Xander's worried that, you know, she could already be there. She did just kind of vanish in a puff of smoke. Uh, but Anya's like, ah, no, what she did wasn't really teleportation. This it's, is it's, teleportation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she says that what, you know, she has to <laughs> the go. Very crocodile Dundee of her. Yeah. Well, that's not teleportation. <laughs> this. <laughs> is teleportation. Um, so, despite, you know, her disappearing, uh, she, Anya explains that it will take her a bit to get there, um, as opposed to Anya, who can just get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Anya teleports away to try and get uh, Warren, Andrew, and Jonathan. Um, not Warren. Not Warren. Warren's gone. Didn't I say... You said Warren, Andrew, and Jonathan. Oh. <laughs> I just, I, they're a trio in my brain. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. But, you know, Xander's confused. He's like, you know, they didn't have anything to do with it. And Bobby's like, Willow doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she really don't. She's pissed. And <laughs> I, I I don't love that this ties back to the addiction thing. Um but we don't dwell on it, so she mentions that Willow has an addictive personality and how she's tasted blood. I I love that, like, the repres- that Rack, the representation of the addiction storyline, pretty much, mm-hmm. is done away with. Yes. And um, it, it really feels like, you know, Dawn's like, oh, you're back on magic again. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I love that that storyline is kind of put to rest. Yeah. Finally. It's been a big blotch on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really... And it, and it it does feel like it dilutes the power of this arc. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they do uh, discuss... Um, you know, they, Xander basically says, I think what we we're all kind of thinking is like, well... Warren kind of deserved it. And even Buffy's like, well, maybe, but like Jonathan and Andrew don't. And, you know, we can maybe collectively as a group look past the Warren thing. But if she kills Jonathan and Andrew, who are in jail for the crimes that they've committed and are innocent in the murder of Tara, 
then she's crossed a line. Um, And they might not be able to get her back. It's really sad. It is. Before I get off of it, though, um, like, Willow coming in just destroying and ending that storyline of the of the magic addiction reminds me of the beginning of season two when um you know, oh. the chosen one was set yes. up as like the new big bad and then spike comes in and just kills him fuck off <laughs> that's what spike does i love that i i do love when a show can recognize um that an element isn't working and never will work um, and just dispatches of it in memorable fashion. Um, the example I'm thinking of in particular is uh, Nikki and Paolo on mm. Lost, who, while they're nothing characters, the adding them to the show was very much an example of like an audience, be careful what you wish for. Just because you want to know more about the background characters doesn't mean they're worth knowing about. Um, But Expose, the episode that focuses on them and kills them off, is one of my favorites of the show. You are in a very small crowd of people that like that episode. I think we're getting... I think people... I didn't like it when it first aired. I I will point that out. I thought... I was like, why are we doing a whole episode on these fucking people? But on a rewatch, I was like, this is hilarious. It's, it, it's in a way, that episode is, it's the Zeppo, where we're kind of seeing the rest of the show from yeah. these minor characters' perspectives. Including Arts. Including Arts. <laughs> so, and, like, and like getting to see like Shannon and Boone again in flashbacks. And then like, and then just like the, and the, the way they are killed off is so spectacularly mean-spirited <laughs> that it really does feel like the writer's going, we know. We know we're giving you what you want, even though we gave you what you wanted before and it didn't turn out well. But um, I, I personally think it's a really fun episode. Um, that uh, I, I just I think if you can, if you if you're ever, anyone who's doing a rewatch of Lost, if you hate that episode, I think go into it with that mindset of like I think we're uh, just I here think, to have a good time I, and I bury these think, fuckers alive. And you know, I do think that. Um, and Game of Thrones is probably like this too. I haven't done a rewatch of Game of Thrones yet, but uh, a full rewatch. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely think that shows like that that are um, serialized and you watch it as it's coming out. There's mm-hmm. so much hype and expectation around it week by week. Lost was huge oh, with that. Um, Especially those first three seasons. Yeah, every week people were like, oh my god, here are all these theories and stuff. Remember message boards? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, there were so many lost message boards. And uh, I was so active on the the IMDb lost message board. I would like, like daily I was on there. (laughs) But, but, um, but yeah, and like, so it was easy to kind of get like wrapped up in the hype. Mm -hmm. And if anything, God forbid an episode fell short of what you were expecting. It was immediately hit with like insanely harsh criticism. And if you, I bet if you like watch it in a vacuum, like away from all of that hype, as I've done with a couple of shows, (laughs) um, it's, you get to just kind of enjoy it as it is. Yeah. And that's honestly 
nine times out of ten for the better. Yeah. It's like, it's such a tricky thing because it is like, it's so, I like, I really enjoy engaging in those discussions, um, but they do, they can turn toxic so fast. Especially with social and, media the way that it yeah. is Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm also very good about, I, it's, it's the, it's something that's really funny to me that it's just something I cannot grasp, but maybe it's the narcissist in me, but when people are like, um... You know, it, it just got hyped up or, and I just didn't see it or like, I just like, I'm, I don't know, like other people's opinions of like media truly don't affect me in any way. Like I, I enjoy discussing it like we do here, but like when I see people being like, oh, that movie wasn't as good as people say it was, it was like, well, okay. It, it's it should be exactly as good as you think it is like i don't i just don't i i believe you discovered a healthy type of narcissism I, right, I just, <laughs> no i just it is something that it is, I'm, I'm not saying it as a criticism of people it's just something i truly don't understand how other opinions people do allow can, gr- like, group think to yeah. influence them so much i guess i just have a really high opinion of myself <laughs> not of yourself but of your opinion yes you think that what you think is the yeah. shit. So. Then again, I, I, I agree with so many of your opinions. Though. Oh, thank you. We, we, do have, we do have, like, we don't meet up, we don't see eye to eye on everything. Yeah. That's okay. That's, that's okay. Variety's the spice of life. That's, I, I really loved that little jazzy hand movement. Well, you just that's me that. throwing spice. Yeah, I know. Oh, no, I got that's it. That's like when, I've, when I found out about the phrase uh, throwing shade way back in the day. Um Ben would always laugh at me because anytime I would like reference throwing shade, I would actually like throw, <laughs> make a throwing motion, and he thought that that was the funniest damn thing in the world. It's like when you throw shade, you're actually throwing shade. Fuck yeah, I love it. <laughs> this means throwing the spice <laughs> of life. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? We're talking about how Willow shouldn't kill people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, anymore. Um, so yeah, she doesn't want to cross the line. They, or she wants to cross the line. Yeah. Buffy does not want her to. Um, they find Xander's car. Uh, Willow has, uh, as I pointed out to Jason as we were watching, very smartly and practically destroyed the engine, <laughs> which is. Uh, that does support her end goal of him not being able to use the car. That is what would you do to sabotage the car? Mm-hmm. She also smashed a hole through his windshield. Unnecessary. <laughs> Personal. <laughs> I'm starting I almost said that like Jackie Child from Seinfeld. Unnecessary? Rude? <laughs> so, do you think... Which, which, what do you think she destroyed first? Do you think she saw the car and went, Oh, fuck this shit. And like picked up a rock and threw it through the windshield. And then went, Oh, I'll destroy the engine too. That'll help. Or... Did she destroy the engine and then go, she was still pissed, so then she threw the rock. I could easily see it somehow, like, maybe um, her destroying the engine, maybe, like, a part went off and just... Mm. Oh, and, like... Yeah, smashed through. What I'm thinking is what happened on set was that they had one of the... Like, maybe they had one of the broken windshields from the cars from the police... Mm. From, like, the police station, and they just... Slapped it on there to make it look like it was damaged. What if they, what if they were like tearing up this car, 
to make like and then Tearing someone on my car when I'm with <laughs> you. And then one of the props people just like accidentally <laughs> smashed a hole in the window while they were moving like a heavy prop. And they were like, ah, we'll just go with it. Go with it. Um, that actually is funny because um the way back when, um when I was in high school, I was in a production of Greece and um we had a we had the a Nikki, couple. right? No, I was a uh, Sunny and the Teen Angel. Oh, that's right. This was before I met you. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't meet you until I was in college. Right. But uh, it was really funny because, um, so we had a car. We had Grease Lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, it was just, like, kind of the front of it. And it was made of very well, it was very well made of styrofoam. Okay. Because, uh, you know, high school theater company, also Presentation Academy, who... Did not have as much theater funding as a lot of the other Catholic schools did. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like our last day, like, you know, we were striking. We wanted to like take pictures of everything. And uh, uh, Mara, the girl who played um, Cindy Wilcox, I think is like the name of the cheerleader. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. But, like, you know, we were all going to take a picture in the car, and she, like, wanted to do, like, the sprawled out on the on the hood of the car, and when she did, the styrofoam just collapsed. Oh. Because it's styrofoam, yeah. and it was so funny. Um, so, without the car, uh, Buffy decides to run ahead, um, and she tells Xander to catch up. Uh, so we cut over to the jail. Andrew is convinced that uh, Warren has left some sort of communication device somewhere on or possibly in him. And You know, there, jo- there are points in this episode that I feel bad for Jonathan. I don't feel bad for Andrew at all. Like, no. You are so pathetic. I mean... At first, I was, like, you know, a little sad because, like, he obviously had a crush on Warren and, uh, and you know, that was kind of, like, guiding him. As it's still guiding him, but at this yeah. point, dude, you were just... Pathetic. Yeah. An annoying virgin. <laughs> I, I didn't like that. I didn't either. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's not slut-shaming, but, like... The opposite. It's a, it's a very it's a very bad stereotype. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I will say though, Andrew does go overboard on the Star Wars references in this episode. Oh my god, like, there's at like, least five. Yeah, and it's just Andrew. Um, I and and most of them were like annoying and not funny. Mm-hmm. I liked Darth Rosenberg. That that one worked for me, but like the he had one line that was like. Jawa burgers and mini chlorians and like yeah. I don't know it was like four in one sentence and mm-hmm. I was like okay. Although I do have uh, something that I want to relate to Star Wars when we get to it. Okay, I'll, I'll do that All when right. we get there. Um, I was playing Lego Star Wars on my Switch. I saw when you got here. It was fun. Uh, I got it a couple weeks ago. They were having like a big sale and it was like twenty bucks for like the whole game plus like uh, uh, all the DLCs. I was like. Well, fuck yeah! I like, played the um, I played the OG Lego Star Wars on my Xbox, and I had uh, it on GameCube. And I actually got Lego Lord of the Rings in uh, on my PS3, which I almost got the platinum on, except that one of the collectibles glitched out. Oh! And so 
I would have had to have started the whole game over. I've got the Lego Harry Potter as well. Mm. Um, and that one's, that one's okay. Um, it's a little thin. Um, it's not as robust as the Star Wars one is. I mean, like, honestly, a lot of those Lego games mm-hmm. are... Yeah. You know what you're getting when you get yeah. them. Yeah. The Star Wars Lego games is like are, like... Especially the original was like really, really good, and it, and then it went on to be such a success. It felt like the other ones were just kind of cashing in. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, he Andrew's convinced that Warren is going to come save them. Jonathan uh, does not. Um, they start to fight, and this is when Anya teleports into their cell and basically gives them a previously on Buffy. Um, which uh, they immediately start to freak the fuck out. As they should. As they should. That's probably the smartest thing they've done yeah. all, like, the last few episodes. Yeah. And Jonathan in particular has, and he understands magic better than, uh, better than Andrew does. So he in particular, like, knows how fucked they are if Willow all, and, finds them. And all the magic users can feel mm-hmm. Willow, even from very far away. Yeah. Um, Anya calls the guard, attempts to uh, get them, uh, get the guard to let them out. Uh, she has this awesome bit where she's in the cell and she's like, midway through her speech just to make her point, like teleports out of the cell. Uh, but, but as we've said so often before... Yeah. The police of Sunnydale are deeply stupid. Deeply stupid. Uh, So at this point, Willow does arrive outside the police station. Um, She tells one cop to go to sleep. It was pretty cool. Um, I I really like that. This is kind of a trope that I just like when like a magical being has like become so powerful, absorb so much power that they don't even need to use the incantations or mm-hmm. anything. Like, I think that's such a good visual and, you know, audio indicator of how great their power has grown. All Willow has to say is, go to sleep. It's interesting that, like, because uh, in the Harry Potter series, um, you eventually do learn how to, like, when you're first learning the spells, you learn the, the magic words and everything, mm-hmm. but... What is it, year six, when you're supposed to start learning how to cat? Well, if Snape is your defense against the Dark Arts (laughs) teacher, that's when you're supposed to start learning how to uh, cast spells. Non-verbally. Non-verbally. Yeah. I remember when that book came out, I was like, whoa, that's blowing my brain. (laughs) But I mean, then like you see it in the... You see it in the movies. Oh, and they do it all the fucking time. It's like anyone can do it in the movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially at the end of the fifth one. Yeah. I didn't get it. It's more cinematic. Like, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Willow is, like, ripping bricks out of the building. Um, this is kind this is cool in theory. I think if maybe they had a little bit more money to, this would work better for me. Like. They used it all in the semi-truck. Right. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Um, like all I the breakaway yeah. s- stuff in the magic box. Right. <laughs> no, I just keep I just keep it waiting for like the whole like side of the like the whole like a whole chunk of the building to just blow up all at once, which I feel is like what they wanted to do, but 
didn't really have it in there the budget. Were, there were parts of this episode that felt oddly underwhelming. Like, uh, like the um, the scene, like there's that scene, and mm-hmm. then there's um, the scene right before Andrew, uh, Jonathan, um, Xander, and Dawn get out of the magic mm-hmm. box. Like when Willow's there to actually like yeah. get get those two. It, it felt like a little like. I oh, have, we're just going to do, like, the whole magic hitting the protection spell or whatever. I have a lot of issues with that whole magic box scene um, that we'll get to. And part of it is what you're describing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is just, like, it didn't quite go hard enough for me. Um, but uh, once she's blown a big enough hole out of the side of the building, she, she floats up into the... Uh, uh, into the cell uh, to find that the bar, uh, the cell has been like ripped open basically and they have escaped. And I like how Willow basically like spits Buffy's name out of her mouth. Like, Anya's still Buffy. there. <laughs> yes, Anya is still there though and uh, she tries to talk Willow down and Willow fucking zaps her. Real dick move. Um, Let's just, uh, a lot of dick moves from Willow in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what a toxic woman. And it's like, you know, we were kind of okay with the whole flaying thing last uh, last episode, but like, this this is you, over the line. You, you fine. <laughs> flay a man. That's fine. Flay, Do, flay that man. Flay that man. <laughs> Do not zap my Anya. No, no, no. Kiss her. Sure. Cuddles? Yeah. You know, who knows? What episode went on in your head? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I I think if they could get over their issues with one another, the Will and Anya would make a very good couple. I just don't think they could get over their issues with one another. Um, God, that would probably be the one thing that would piss Xander off more than, <laughs> than Anya having sex with Spike. Oh my gosh. Uh, Xander steals a police car. Um, nice. Felony. Um, Xander, I'm pretty sure that's a felony. That's bad. Um, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is a felony in general. Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah. it wouldn't even have to be a police car, because felony is... <laughs> that's just a grant. That's just a felony... And you pissed off some cops. Yeah. Because I think for theft, anything that's valued over $500, or maybe it's 5000 there's a certain monetary value that you uh, hit when you're stealing that, and it might, this might depend, you know, on where you are, but whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony. Um, but yeah, stealing a car is going to be, that's a felony. Um <laughs> But he helps uh, Xander. Uh, Xander helps Buffy, Andrew, and Jonathan escape. Um, I, I love this moment where Jonathan's like, you know, or Andrew, one of them, um, is like, you know, she could just kill us, you know, if she, or you know, if she wants us dead. Why doesn't she just do it? Like she's so magic. Jonathan says that. Yeah, and Buffy puts it very succinctly. Like she doesn't want you dead. She wants to kill you. Um, and this is, uh, this is when Willow commandeers a big semi. Um, 
and basically does what she did to to Xander's car last week um, on a much bigger scale and very, very nearly succeeds in um, running them down with the semi. The girl um, reached too far, though. Yeah. The only reason they're able to get away, though, is because she finally pushes herself past her limit, uh, magics herself out, which is something Jonathan notices and realizes what's happening. Uh, shout out to this extra who's playing the truck driver. I, I felt bad for him. I was like, you look... This is very scary, and you have no context for what's going on. And he survives, which is surprising. Yeah, good for him. I'm proud of him. <laughs> he had a story to tell when he got home. Um, Let's go to Don. Yeah, over at Spike's Crypt, uh, Don and Clem are having a taste test. Uh, they have some sort of nacho cheese chip. I don't think it was a Dorito. I, I thought they were like comparing Doritos... Nacho cheese versus Cool Ranch. Mm, if okay. I had to guess, because yeah. it looked like they just had the two bowls there, mm-hmm. and um, so the big question is: Nacho cheese or Cool Ranch? Nacho cheese, Cool Ranch for me. See, I I don't dislike Cool Ranch. Like it's it's good. I'll eat it if it's there, but it's just never. I I personally, it, it doesn't do it for me the way that the nacho cheese one does. I gotcha. Um, I, I I guess it's just the uh, for me one the Cool Ranch is deceptively less messy than the nacho <laughs> cheese. They're both fairly messy. Yeah, but you know you don't get like the orange Dorito fingers. I don't know if you remember this. Several years ago, I found at Kroger Doritos, nacho cheese Doritos, mozzarella sticks. I don't remember those at all. Okay. But then again, I also, I don't go out of my way to get mozzarella sticks. Fair so. enough. I love mozzarella sticks. Mm-hmm. And I love Doritos. I saw that and I went, slam fucking dunk. <laughs> Terrible. No flavor in the Doritos or the mozzarella. God, I, was I hate that. What a, so what disappointing. a disappointment. It was so disappointing. But, now that I think about it, I could just make them myself. Mozzarella sticks are not that difficult to make. Yeah, like, um, all you have to do, I feel like all you would have to do would be to, um, uh, you know, take your string cheese. Mm-hmm. Get some water um, on it. it. You just need water. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, if you're going, like, full fry, um, maybe, like, put in flour, do an egg wash, and mm-hmm. then, um, instead of, like, your breadcrumbs, which you would use for a regular mozzarella stick. Crunch up some burritos. Crunch up some Doritos, and then. I said burritos. Doritos. <laughs> crunch up some Doritos, like, uh, and then, you know, put them. Put them in some, fry them in some oil for yeah. a few for a few minutes. Might even be able to do it in the air fryer, maybe. You might, mm. but um, it's not going to be as good. That's true. Because I have made um, fried green tomatoes in both an air fryer and um, in a cast iron with mm-hmm. oil, and um, air fryer may have been healthier, but the ones in the the ones in the oil just. We're so much yeah. better. I love the air fryer, but some things need to be fried in oil. So yeah, so it'll be like it'll be a little messy, but you can do it. Yeah. Uh, pro tip for your air fryer: if you're ever, um, if you ever get those frozen taquitos, air fryer those. They don't come out soggy like in the microwave. They are crisp and crunchy. Well, I mean, aren't you supposed to put taquitos in the 
In the uh, oven? Probably. But I always put them in the microwave because I want instant gratification. Fair enough. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's I think that's why. Like, I think that the air fryer is like the healthy medium between going to the all-out effort of using the mm-hmm. oven versus the zero effort of using the microwave. Yeah. Uh, also, leftover pizza in the air fryer, like Domino's pizza, which I, I generally like Domino's pizza. It's even better after it's been air fried. So I think I've heard that the um, the best way to reheat. Um, leftover pizza is in a pan pour a little bit of water in it mm-hmm. with the pizza and then put a lid over it and let it steam in there and really? it comes out and it's like it's right out of the oven okay okay i can see you get a little bit more moisture there, yeah. that's the thing with leftover pizza it's usually a little yeah, crisp yeah and you like it, it dries out if you put it in the microwave or just let it stay too long nice. in general so one more air fryer recipe, <laughs> and then we'll get back to it. Uh, John did this one time, and it was so good in the air fryer. Um, Bacon-wrapped uh, asparagus. Yeah. Fucking delicious. No, I mean, like, I've seen, um, I know, asparagus and uh, Brussels sprouts. Oh. Um, wrapping those up in bacon, or at the very least, frying them in bacon fat, and basically turning these... Um, controversial tasting vegetables i know there are some people who love them some people don't mm-hmm. but basically making them taste like bacon nice I mean, you know i was actually pretty i i did not like brussels sprouts or asparagus until john started making them for me um, there's actually quite a few vegetables um sorry to my parents if you're listening that they're not <laughs> but like i was like and they're Actually, a lot of foods that I learned that I actually do like when you, they're prepared well. <laughs> you are a bit of a picky eater. Um, well, see, that's the thing. I'm really not that much of a picky eater. There's a couple things that I just straight up don't like. But there are a lot of things I thought I didn't like. But that's because I never had them well made. I always had them like... And John makes food yeah. better than almost anybody I know. Yeah, so... Um, but uh, Don is, you know... Clem notices that Don is clearly distracted. He's he's like, oh, am I boring you? And she's like, no. Of all the taste tests I've been to, this is one of the better ones. I mean, I think, she, sweet. Means, I think she means that. She too. does. Like, she knows why Clem is doing what he's doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, she respects it because Clem's a good guy. Yeah. And I think she appreciates it. I think it, yeah. I think it makes... I mean, like, she's not going to feel good in this situation, but I think it helps that someone there is someone there who cares about her. And, you know, that has been something she's been struggling with, this feelings of abandonment and all that. Um, so, yeah. I'm, he, he does suggest that they go see a movie. Yeah. PG-13. <laughs> um, but she has other ideas. She's like, he's like, we can do anything you want. And she's like, anything? Which... His hackles go up immediately. He's like, uh-oh. What have I gotten myself into? I just immediately like picture them like playing ping pong in the bed of a pickup truck. <laughs> Why this? I don't know. Um, so this is where we get our first bike scene. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> we already did that. Uh, but yes, Dawn has, is, wants Clem to lead her to Rack's den um, Clem has very, very strong misgivings over this, um, but well, he Don, knows Rack. Yeah, he, he knows that, and also he knows that Rack is not a fan of demons. Yeah, and but Don's like, 
Dawn wants to find Willow. She wants to help her. Um, and I think this is a bit foolhardy, but brave. Um, brave things are frequently foolhardy. Mm-hmm. Um, Noble. We, over at the magic box, uh, Anya finds one of the few books that Willow did not, uh, wasn't able to drain of its magic. It's, um, a book of protection spells. Uh, however, they are untranslated. Um, Giles and Anya, you, you should have translated these. <laughs> um, for... Do you know how hard it is to run a small business? I... Um, well, especially since it's getting torn apart all the time. All the time. Um, but yeah, Jonathan wants to help, but Buffy... Buffy shuts him down consistently. And... I get it. I think, I mean, I think Jonathan probably could be a useful resource in this situation, but I see Buffy's side of this, like, um, and why she wouldn't trust him in this situation. Um, especially since, you know, I don't... I think discovering him in the trio in general was, like, a betrayal to a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, they really haven't focused on it a lot, but... You know, they were friends with Jonathan. Buffy fucking saved his life on more than one occasion. Obviously, most memorably in Earshot. Um, Xander, and I think Xander, like, even said um, when they, when Buffy first told them about the trio, he's like, okay, I get Warren. I mean, guy came across as a bad dude. Good first, good impressions, <laughs> good instincts. Uh, he's like, don't really know this Andrew guy, but I mean, Jonathan, why would he be in all this? So. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can understand, like, that betrayal. Betrayal, yeah. Um, so, uh, but Buffy's like, you know, it's, you know, the only reason we're helping you, well, she says we're not helping you. We're helping Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, because if she kills you, she crosses a line and I lose a friend. Um, which she's already said before in this episode, but it, it, it doesn't feel repetitive to me because it feels like it feels like the it feels less like the show episodes reminding us and it feels more like it's Buffy trying to remind herself. Yeah. Like this is this is what I'm fighting for. You know, this is not glory. This isn't even Angelus. Like, you know, I feel like Angelus is the most comparable situation here and you know, it took her a while to get there, but she was willing and able to end Angelus if she needed to. Um, she desperately wants to save Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow shows up at Rax. Um, he does his creepy strawberry bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> She kills him. Creepy strawberry bullshit <laughs> is the name of my. Uh, I got nothing. I was gonna say like Prince cover band, uh, like Prince cover band, but that Prince wasn't creepy. I was gonna say the Beatles, but I was only coming at that angle from Strawberry Fields. Yeah, and I was coming at that from the Prince angle from uh, Raspberry Beret. Yeah. Um. 
So, listener, what's your creepy strawberry bullshit cover band? The Cranberries. <laughs> the Cranberries. <laughs> I actually was thinking like that. Zombie. Something fruit related. <laughs> um, uh, R.I.P. Dolores O'Riordan. See you soon. Um, so, but yeah, Willow fucking kills him. Um, she's really racking up a body count. <laughs> racking up. I didn't. Boo. That was that was an accident. I, I know. I could tell that was an accident, <laughs> but so boo. Yeah, because this is how well I think you know me. You know that if I had done it on purpose before I said it, I would have gotten a real smug look on my face before <laughs> and after. And, <laughs> I would have really buttered it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, she kills him uh, and drains all of his magic. Um, doing so gives her all these like sort of like veins Mm -hmm. creepy veins um and unfortunately this is shortly after this is when clem and dawn arrive um dawn goes into rack's room to find him dead and willow (laughs) willow just starts fucking roasting her (laughs) it's I'm I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm like God. I remember the first time I saw this episode when she threatened to like turn Dawn back into the energy that she was mm-hmm. as the key. Um, that's that's crazy. It's man. fucking dark. It's like I don't know. In some ways, that's almost were like maybe it's because it's dawn and i like dawn and i care for dawn and she's not a horrible misogynist rapist murderer like warren was where i'm like yeah play him i'm like don't you dare turn that girl back into energy i know there are probably fans going turn her back into energy but they're not me so um i recently saw anatomy of a fall Mm -hmm. i saw that yesterday in fact uh fantastic movie looking forward to seeing it yeah um I'm, I'm a, like, some would say this is a mild spoiler for a movie, but I feel like it's the spoiler that most people want to know about a movie going in. There's literally a scene where I thought that the son's pet dog was going to die. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it almost, like, took me away from the main plot of the movie. I'm like, no, the dog was so nice. <laughs> the, do- the dog does not die. Um, I know, like, a lot of people, like, I think that's like a thing, isn't it? Where you oh, type yeah. up, does the dog die? It's a website. Okay. It's does the dog die.com. And it, it also, it's not just does the dog die. I mean, that's what the website's called, but it actually also has, like, other, like, trigger warnings, trigger warnings for movies. Um, the dog does not die in Anatomy of the Fall. So that reaction that you just had uh, was my reaction for the entirety of Prey. <laughs> Anytime that dog is in danger, I was like, <laughs> no 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 you don't kill this dog then, i cannot wait to rewatch that i know i'm so excited you because you've got the blu-ray right i got the 4k the 4k nice yes. no, you know, only the best for that movie so to be 4k alien and prey ah uh, i'm looking forward to that me too um but yeah don's willow's just like why are you always whining don mom <laughs> buffy tara <laughs> oh my <laughs> All the important people in my life are dead. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she threatens to turn Willow or turn Dawn back into the energy of the key. 
Um, luckily, Buffy does show up. Uh, we should be noted that uh, Jonathan did earlier explain to Buffy that Willow needed a recharge. Needed a recharge. So we don't actually see Buffy make this connection, but I don't need to. Buffy already knows about this rack guy. It's all these are all logical steps that this is somewhere Willow would go. I don't need to see Buffy put those pieces together. Yeah. There's more valuable stuff to do elsewhere. Um such as this scene between Anya and Xander. Um they're trying to uh translate what they thought was Sumerian. Jonathan points out that it's probably Babylonian. Yeah. And they they start bickering. <laughs> Sander and Anya, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, they basically it's all the dirty laundry is coming out. Um, you know, he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm panicking. This is terrifying. And she's like, Well, don't propose. Um, and he Anya tells them, you know, you know, all of this is your fault. Xander takes that to mean the whole situation with Willow is his fault and he does blame himself because he saw the gun before Warren started shooting and he just froze. Um, And again, we get into this feeling of helplessness that he's had throughout this entire ordeal. Yeah. And and it's like, I I understand it. I I totally understand why. Like, I don't blame him. Anyone would freeze. Um, You know... Buffy was right there and she wasn't able to stop it. And she has like super fucking powers. Mm-hmm. Like Xander, I, I know telling you not to beat yourself up over this isn't helpful, but like it's not your fault. It's, I mean, that's that's human. Yeah. I mean, it's human to have that reaction and it's human to feel that way afterwards, feel shame at inaction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he basically is like, I'm, and Xander's yeah. humanity could be important for how this season <laughs> ends. Um, Xander, uh, Anya's like, well, I was actually talking about it's your fault that we're in this situation. And um, they, you know, she exp- she's like, I can't even hurt you. And he's like, uh, she's like, I can't hurt you, so I have to settle for hating you. And he points out that seeing her have sex with Spike hurt him. And she's... This is one of my favorite lines in the episode, is that wasn't vengeance. That was solace. Um, And it's like... I just... I love this because their feelings are so messy and complicated. And while I do pin most of the blame on... The the majority of the... All of the blame of how the, the end of their relationship on Xander... I still have a lot of empathy for him. Yeah. And, um, and also, like, um, and I like the fact that they brought up that uh, Xander's always just assumed that, uh, I almost said Emma, <laughs> that, um, that Anya had sex with Spike just to get back him. at him. Yeah. But the and fact, it had nothing to do with him. It, it, yeah, it didn't. Like, we saw how depressed Anya was and everything and yeah I mean she would not be the first person to go to Spike (laughs) for a hey man help me stop feeling things fuck yeah uh uh, you just know that went to his head (laughs) (laughs) both of them right (laughs) so um 
Back at Rack's shop, Buffy is trying to reason with Willow um, and get Dawn out safely. Uh, but Willow has this this monologue where she... Um, uh, good, the Buffy wiki has it, so I don't have to paraphrase. Uh, so Buffy says, Willow, I know what you want to do, but you have to listen to me. The forces inside you are incredibly powerful. They're strong, but you're stronger. You have to remember you're still Willow. Willow says, let me tell you something about Willow. She's a loser, and she always has been. People picked on Willow in junior high school, high school, up until college, with her stupid, mousy ways. And now, Willow's a junkie. Buffy says, I can help. Willow says, the only thing Willow was ever good for, the only thing I had going for me, were the moments, just moments, when Tara would look at me and I was wonderful. And that will never happen again. What I love about this is that moment where she says I and stops referring to herself in the third person. Um, Everything that came before it, it's true, but it's also bullshit. You know, it's, it's... it's the grief. It's the rage talking. You know, it's this. It's the vengeance talking. And when she finally, the very end, she's her again. She's Willow again. And I just find that very powerful. With this moment of her, you know, the truth of the situation coming through. I hear her talking about the, um, like, getting bullied and everything and uh, feeling feelings of inadequacy. I'm not going to lie, if that had been the driving force behind her going deeper and deeper into magic and not this addiction, like drug addiction parallel Mm -hmm. bullshit, I think that would have been a better story. I I agree. Like that would, and you know, you could bring it here when it would come full circle. Yeah. It's no, yeah. The idea of this uh, magic abuse coming from a world of you know, in feeling inadequate, you know, feeling, you know, bullied, as you said, and, you know, all of that, you know, growing, and then, you know, once she hits a certain level of power, and then that starts to morph into arrogance, and into a bit of narcissism, and, but that's rooted in this deep, deep insecurity, I think that's much more interesting. It feels more true to the character. Yeah, and, and this... And, like, you know, the the people who do well in school, who are the smart ones in school, I mean, a lot of times they're the ones who feel that inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, trying to get the best grades. Maybe projecting a little bit. <laughs> trying to get the best grades because they think that that's, like, the sign of their success. Yeah. But in the end, it's not as full of a victory. Sometimes it's pretty hollow. And so you just have to keep working harder and harder. Or in Willow's case, you could have it like, oh, even though I succeed in becoming so powerful in magic, I'd need to get more and more powerful so I can just be better. Mm-hmm. And Tara could easily have been the person who is telling her that you are good enough. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like, that's a better story in this like one monologue yeah. <laughs> than, than has been this whole season yeah. for Willow. And that's so frustrating because I, I this 
And I, you know, I'm not a season six hater. I do, I do like it, but you recognize its flaws. I recognize its flaws, and this flaw is a big one. Mm-hmm. And it does. I mean, it's it is. If this if this storyline, the storyline of the season, had been done with a little more care, and you know, this this could easily be Buffy's best season. I mean, I think people might still be put off by how dark it is. And, you know, that's totally fair. But, um, I mean, it's the, it's the law. It's like, I see the potential and I'm so frustrated. Quite frankly, I mean, I I feel that the only way that Buffy can go is darker as it progresses. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's just like, you know, that's the nature of the Slayer. That's the nature of the show. Yeah. Um, and you can work your way towards a happy ending. But I mean, you know, the night is always darkest before the dawn. I mean, even season seven has its really dark moments. I, I, I think it's generally lighter in tone than season six, but like it still goes to some places. Um, Willow in this speech also says like, uh, Buffy tries to tell her the like, Hey, like, you know, life, like life isn't worth like life is worth living. It's not worth, um, like doing all of this. And that's when um, Buffy's storyline comes full circle because, you know, Willow confronts her saying, like, are you really going to be the one preaching to me about how great life is? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the the most comforted you've ever felt is when you were in the ground. Like, you hate it here just as much as I yeah. do. And, like, you know, it's the two biggest, like, obviously, and I've said it before, Buffy may have been the main character in the last five seasons, mm-hmm. but this season, I think Willow is just as much the main character. Yeah. You have your two main characters, and now their plot threads are finally really tying together. Yeah. In a way that's much more satisfying than when they've tried to do that in the rest of the season, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but it's really cool, like, while she's saying this... I love yeah, this. Yeah, like, the, this, like, the background is, like, spinning and morphing into the magic shop, mm-hmm. and Willow has brought them there by magic and this like this messes up dawn and yeah. uh buffy like makes sense though i could totally mm-hmm. see that just like fucking with your balance and everything yeah. and they're like falling on the ground yeah and it i it seems to me that this is an example of what we saw willow doing earlier from an outside perspective this is what it feels like from the inside perspective, because it does seem like a significant time jump has happened in the magic box, uh, because they figured out the they figured spell. out the production spell. So I'm guessing that when Willow's doing this, it essentially puts her in like a weird time fugue or something, and it I guess feels like seconds for her, but outside takes longer. I don't know. Um, it's cool as fuck. Though. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, I find the rest of this stuff in the magic box. I don't think the set's big enough. I think that's part of the problem that I have. It feels very static in its direction. But this is where a problem that I'm really going to have in the next episode starts to appear. Um, Because this is where Willow starts getting a little mustache twirly. And I think when Willow 
is Dark Willow, and she's really fueled by this rage and grief. I think Allison's performance is great. In, but in this scene, they're giving her these one-liners, and these, and a lot of them are really cringe. And so sorry to sound like a youth, but um, youth. And I don't, Youths. you know, I don't want to. I don't want to come too hard, too hard, <clears throat> down too hard on Allison's performance, because I do think the problem is largely the dialogue she's given. But she's not able to salvage it for me. So I'm with for a lot you. of it. I'm with you. Up until the Buffy Willow fight, yes, because once they don't, once they don't have to care about whether they're breaking sets or not, yeah. then it can go so, out. And yeah, I, I agree. Right, let, let, let's let's quickly talk about like uh, Willow tries to use Willow like aims some what I'm assuming going to be some very harsh mojo magic right. <laughs> at uh, Jonathan and Andrew. Uh, but the protection spell works. It holds. Um, Anya's behind like a shelf, like muttering. Yeah. Um, that actually is the part. I don't. I don't know what it is about it, but from the directing and shooting, every time we cut back to Anya hiding behind a shelf, chanting this protection spell, for whatever reason, it just suddenly the scene feels so much more dynamic than when we're just like these wide shots of everyone mm-hmm. standing around the magic box. But uh, Willow decides just, like, you know, give herself super strength uh, so she can just beat the shit out of everybody. I, um, <laughs> I'm pretty th- sure I have enough strength to beat you to death. <laughs> Jesus, Willow! Yeah, um, Buffy steps in. Everybody else is able to get mm-hmm. out. And then we get this... So, here's my Star Wars comparison. Okay. This makes me feel... This gave me the same feeling as Obi-Wan and Anakin in uh, episode three. Even... Like, this is this. This is the fight. This is the confrontation that you've been waiting for for the whole prequel trilogy. And you get to it, and it is, like... And, you know... And I think they even, like, realize that this is... As soon as you saw how powerful Willow could mm-hmm. get, it's like, this is a fight... That has been building up. Yeah. And now we finally get it. Even the music... I actually was having the same thought. I wasn't thinking of it from the actual... From that, like, perspective of the um, of the characters in the arc. But the music that was in the scene, I was like, this really feels like Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Um, which wouldn't happen for, like, three more years. Um, right? Revenge of the Sith came Revenge out in 2005. Revenge of the Sith was 2005. Yeah. However, the Duel of the Fates... Music was used in episode one, which came out. In oh, okay. But no, Duel. The, of, I'm, I'm mixing up my pieces. Duel of the Fates is the. No, no, it is the. It's it's the fight against Darth Maul, but it's also used in oh, Obi Wan and Anakin fight as well. I think it's Duel of the Hero. I think it's retitled Duel of the Hero or Battle of the Hero. Um, anyway, regardless, it is, it's the same. It feels like it's, it's the same music. It's a great piece of fucking yeah, music. Um, but John yeah, Williams? No, but, who knew? Well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I kind of, like, got that same feeling, like, oh shit, like, Willow's evil, and all this time, Buffy has been trying to avoid fighting Willow. Yeah. She's been trying to help her, and, and uh, you know, Willow just, like, uh, Buffy says, like, I don't want to hurt you. Willow smacks her across the room, and then she says, like, said, I don't want to hurt you. That doesn't mean I won't. <laughs> I won't. This, um... This is cool. <laughs> yeah, no, and they just... I mean, this is a brawl. 
Yeah. Like, they are, like, the, the this, this feels like one of the best fight scenes we've had in a long time. It is. It was giving me faith in Buffy. Yeah. Both from, both from the perspective of, like, the relationships that they have with one another, how personal it is. The fact that I'm pretty sure the stunt, the stunt woman for Willow in the scene is probably the same one that they were using for Faith because... Wouldn't surprise me. She's the brunette stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know, they have a blonde stunt double and a brunette stunt double. Um, yeah. And the magic box gets bizzucked. <laughs> um, they, someone, someone in the production was like, yeah, destroy it. I mean, we're not using it after this season anyway. Yeah. So, I'm gonna skip to real quick i'm gonna go to we, we're cutting back and forth between these things but i'm gonna get the dawn xander uh jonathan andrew stuff out of the way real quick before we get the very end of the episode um because it's there's not a ton going on here yeah. it's you know they're fleeing xander doesn't know where to, you know xander is essentially taking the role of the leader here and feels very out of his element. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know where is safe. Um, John, or Andrew try, Andrew and Jonathan have grabbed swords while they were in the magic box. Um, Andrew tries to use the sword. He threatens Xander so that they can escape. But Jonathan threatens him and is like, no, we're going to go to jail. When this is all over. Mm-hmm. We did really bad things. And we need to pay for our crimes. And that's pretty much where we leave them. Yeah. So back at the magic box. Uh, after they've really just fucked it up. Um, Willow does discover Anya doing the protection spell. Um, she did. Uh, before. Uh, she thought that it was something Jonathan and Andrew were doing to protect themselves. Uh, but yeah, she she finds Anya. She has a line where she's like, "Oh, I just noticed Anya's still here," and I'm like, <laughs> "That was one of the better quips." <laughs> um, but yeah, she starts choking Anya out, um, and not in a sexy way. Um, and uh, there's a moment where Anya is just screaming, "Help me!" Because uh, Buffy's unconscious and shout out to emma caulfield because i really felt that terror like i really felt that anya thought she was about to fucking die um luckily she just gets a bit unconscious yeah she gets thrown thrown and thrown and like bonks her head yeah bonks her head a la giles yeah um I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Buffy recovers. Their fight continues. Um, she, uh, she boasts that she, you know, she is fucking powerful. She's strong. And no one has the power to stop her. Famous last at of the episode words because willow gets her ass blasted across the room from a magic blast that came from the entrance to the magic shop yes and then standing in the doorway is daddy (laughs) 
<laughs> not what I was expecting you to say, but but not wrong. Uh, it's Giles. Rupert Giles has returned to Sunnydale just in the nick of time. And he says... Unless you're Warren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says to her, I'd like to test that theory. Ooh. Which is the most badass thing anyone has ever said on this show. No, it's the second. The most badass... It's the third. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. The first... Okay. In the number two spot is Buffy chucking that sword at the Watcher's Council guy um, and saying, I believe I said no talking. (laughs) First moment is becoming part two. Angelus is about to stab Buffy. No friends, no no weapons. What does that leave you with? Me. Yeah. So, it's the most badass things said on this show are... First place, me. <laughs> Context is important. Second place, I believe I said no talking. Third place, I'd like to test that theory. Fourth place is not a line, but it's just Buffy drinking milk at Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. You weren't prepared for that reference. I just saw I saw your whole face go on a journey. You were like, what is he? I could see it in your eyes. Like, what is he about to say? The ultimate power move. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just have the image in my head. And it's it's so funny. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine like angrily drinking milk at somebody? What does that even look like? It It looks looks like like that. I'm glad that tickled you. <laughs> it really did. You got me. Good job. And but that's that... the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a it's a fucking banger way to end an episode. Um, Anthony Head's uh, credit, his special guest star credit, uh, comes at the end credits, much like they did for Juliet Landau over on Angel, which is fucking great. I love that. Um, it's just, you know, I had some misgivings over how some of the Dark Willow stuff towards the end of the episode was playing out, but God damn it if they didn't stick the fucking landing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, this is great. I mean, I love that in a season in which Willow's story was important, but also very flawed and has been plodding along the fact that like it's reached this point and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It was awesome in the last episode is awesome in this episode. Um, the only thing holding me back from giving this episode a five is um, just like a, a couple of like uh, moments that just fell flat. Like, uh, everything pre-fight in the magic box and Mm -hmm. uh and then like the police the police station Uh scene um it just kind of felt like i understand why we're doing this it just it didn't seem to go that well yeah um i forgot to mention i just i it's a detail that i do like even though it is a little silly during that police station scene when they've escaped willow does like a 
Black Canary scream. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, this episode, you know what? It, it, it earns a four and a half. Okay. Uh, 4.5 destroyed displays in the magic box out of five. Um, yeah, I I like this episode a lot. Um, but yeah, those things, you know, the, the campier aspects of Dark Willow bring it down for me a bit um i know that we're used to campy villains on this show um shout out to my girl glory um but like glory is a hell goddess who loves fashion that leans into campiness willow is an extremely powerful woman who has been driven to the edge by the violent murder of the woman she loves yeah that's not camp (laughs) um so when when willow starts leaning into the camp you know the you need every square inch of your ass kicked it's i'm just like why are you why are you trying to do buffy puns like (laughs) it it, it takes you you know what you do you you do the thing where you take words and then add a y to them (laughs) to make them an adjective (laughs) so um so i'm gonna give this one a four uh four destroyed cop cars out of five um i think i like villains a little more than this one um i can see that but it's still really solid, yeah. and um, the spike stuff exists. I yes, yeah. we can't even really like. There's no point in talking about the spike stuff until next week. Um, yeah, because, other than saying this is what happened. Yeah, because at this point, you still don't know why he's doing this. Yeah, and you aren't going to know until pretty much the last moments of the season. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. So uh, that was two to go. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? I don't think so. I think, uh, I think I've said it. And All then, right. you know, once we get to the next episode, I think we'll retroactively have more to say about everything from seeing red through to right. the next episode. Um, and I know that's always the case when we get to the season finales, but this season finale in particular, it's... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with another dose of Buffy, our final one for the season in Buffy, season six, episode 22, Grave. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. I almost said X. I know you hate it when I say mm-hmm. X, even though that's what it's called. Um, at uh, yummyj357. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Booze and Buffy. And you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The end is spelled out in all those cases. Thank you. <laughs> A-N-D. Um, and D. I was like, what am I missing? Yeah. It's like something else there. Yeah, you know, we've done this so many times. There's like a certain rhythm to it. <laughs> and I immediately like was like, and you aren't going to say the thing? Did I spell my name? Um, I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention to that part because it wasn't about me. Yeah. <laughs> C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Yeah. 
Um, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh. And each week we, you know, want to give a shout out or some encouragement to nonprofits or you know what's going on in the world. Um, there's so much going on in the world. <laughs> it really it's, is. You know, we, you know, you know, the situation in Ukraine is still happening. Everything going on in the Gaza Strip, and uh, you know. There, you know, stuff and, you know, I'm learning about stuff that's happening in, like, the Congo and, like, you know, just everything's real fucked up and try to do your best, you know. Yeah, there are lots of good humanitarian aid organizations out there. Yeah. You know, contact your representatives to do what you can. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, you know, aid to Ukraine is being held up by... Members of a certain political party. Yeah. The Republicans in the House of Representatives. So, yeah. call them so that they can ignore your calls. Very much. Uh, it's, and you know, fill up their voicemails. It's so. I'm not trying to get too, like, down in the weeds, but it's just like, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed. Um, and I do often. I look at, you know, I, I look at the thousands of people being killed in the Middle East daily and like I don't know it's so you know when you have that moment of despair let yourself have that moment of despair that's okay and then take a breath and go do some good in the world yeah so well (laughs) sorry didn't mean to (laughs) no no it's good good words uh So as always, go slay and be gay.